Welcome back to That's Orgasmic. You are joined by your host, Emily Duncan. And today's episode, we are talking about mental health and dating. So we're kind of keeping in line with our like mental health theme the past couple of weeks. However, today's episode is nowhere near as heavy. It's a lot lighter. It was recorded back in July. So that was just after that first segment I recorded of the last episode. So I hadn't yet seen a therapist and... I was still not in the best place and I'm joined by Jess and Savannah from Let My Lesson podcast and we kind of just all talk about our own experiences with dating and having anxiety and depression and how to tackle dating with when you have mental health issues and you might not be in the best place and there's some really great tips and tricks on you know how to go about it all and approach those relationships so I hope you enjoy today's episode Shaggers. Welcome back to the show Shaggers today I'm joined by Jess and Savannah from Let My Lesson podcast. Let My Lesson is one of New Zealand's leading mental health podcasts that discusses the ups and downs of life along with how these have impacted and been impacted by their struggles with their mental health. So Jess and Savannah, how are you girls? Good, thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, hi. Uh, Also in terms of voices, I'm Jess. And I'm Sav. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Can you girls please tell the Shaggers a bit about like yourselves and why you started your podcast? Okay, so yeah, so I'm Sev. I grew up in in New Zealand and I found the mental health education while growing up was just kind of shocking. And me and Jess met at university and we kind of ended up having a lot of discussions around mental health and how it was talked about. And we just had a lot of discussions and found ourselves being like, this is so important to talk about. And yeah, anyway, that's how it kind of started, uh, both of us being so passionate about the topic. And I don't know, we didn't really have any expectations when we first started. It's just kind of growing and we've just gotten more and more passionate as we've gone along. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm Jess. I grew up in Wellington. Uh, yeah, I studied down at the University of Otago with Savannah and then that is where we kind of met and started our friendship and yeah, so the podcast now has been going for about a year and a half and we, um, as you mentioned, we kind of talk about our mental health and what we've learned along the way as would be expected with the name Learnt My Lesson mm. uh, and it's been really, really awesome. Like our main goal from the very start was to help one person feel less alone as they navigate the ups and downs of their mental health and I mean we've definitely done that and we're super proud of all the episodes we have out at the moment. So yeah, it's been a very fun journey. Yeah, that's awesome. It's such important work even though like it might seem like there's a lot of resources I feel like there's still just not enough and everyone has such a different experience I feel like so I feel like it's so important the more people that talk about it because then we can find something we can relate to and I know I listened to a few episodes and I was just like oh my god like this makes so much sense it's so relatable and it's good being able to have feeling like you're talking to someone without actually talking to someone too like about it 
And especially because it can be so scary even talking to people you're close with. Like I know myself with mental health, like my closest friends, like I'm terrified to talk about it because I'm that person that puts up like a really strong front. Like my best friend friend found out yesterday that I've been journaling for two years and she had no idea. Like I literally like, it's just, such I don't know. I just personally find it such a hard thing to talk about. So it's awesome to have you girls doing it because it breaks it down so much and you know kind of takes away that stigma too yeah and that's really it's really common to not even be able to talk to those closest to you about your mental health in fact a lot of the time it can be even harder than talking to a therapist or like a complete stranger because there is so much shame and stigma that still exists around mental illness um in Aotearoa but also in Australia there's probably a lot of similarities between Mm. you know the societal views of mental illness across our cultures and that's kind of also why we started the podcast because we wanted somewhere that people could like listen and relate but not have to respond not feel that pressure to actually have a conversation in the hopes that it would normalize these topics and then they can slowly start integrating them into a conversation with those around them just over time as they become more comfortable yeah yeah it's such a great idea I'm so glad you guys have done it because it's awesome it's so so good are you able to talk about your own experience with mental health and what that's been like throughout your life so far yeah absolutely so for myself I definitely struggle with my my struggle with my mental health kind of started when I was maybe 13 14 so quite young Mm -hmm. and in a period where there's a lot of change going on anyway so I think that's why I didn't really recognize it for so long like in reality I probably didn't acknowledge everything I was struggling with until maybe last year but I think my anxiety was pretty bad that was one of the things where I always wrote it off as being like a shy kid Mm -hmm. and, and just quite a reserved person and all those things but um in actual fact when I look back I'm like there's so many sides of just struggling with anxiety that I don't know they felt normal to me I guess and another thing um I also struggle with is depression and that again started around when I was 14 um and felt very normal to me I kind of lived a lot of years feeling slightly down like below average but it was my normal Mm -hmm. so I think that's why it took me so long to recognize it and um, it wasn't until things got really really bad with my depression last year that I eventually went to a doctor and yeah got diagnosed with depression and anxiety and I went on medication so I've been on an antidepressant sertraline for gosh like must be coming up to a year now. Yeah, almost a year now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I've been on that for a year and it's honestly changed my life. I think I was doing a lot of growth before that and I was kind of coming to terms with the fact that I do struggle with my mental health. Um, but the progress I've made in the last year whilst being on antidepressants has been like incredible. Um, so yeah I mean that's kind of a bit of a summary of my Mm -hmm. mental health over my life what about you Jess? Yeah so I um, have had quite a different experience in my life to Sav so but like there's similarities and differences so I first noticed signs of anxiety in my personality when I was in year 12 and 13 and I also started um, 
I just started kind of feeling very different and I felt very alone in the ways I was acting and the ways I was processing thoughts. And so I started going to therapy and I then went through university and all through that time I had just like a bunch of ups and a bunch of downs. And when I would face a hard time with my mental health, it would get really bad. Like I would need to go to therapy to kind of help me get out of it. And there was a lot of cycles and stuff that we talk about through the podcast. I won't bother going into it completely here, but I got to a point last year where things also got really, really bad for me. Like I wasn't really sleeping. I was just super anxious all of the time. Uh, And then that was also once we just started the podcast. So Mm -hmm. it all kind of came together at once. And I started going to therapy because, you know, as you probably guess, like that's how I choose to manage my mental health. Work through everything. And there was actually one point, you know, one point in time where I tried going on medication for my mental health and that did not work for me at all. So I think it's been quite cool because for Sab and I, we provide such different perspectives on a lot of aspects of mental health. Mm. And yeah, like the medication one, for example, for me, terrible for Sab, life-changing. So it's like mental health, there's no one size fixes all. But yeah, so last year things were really bad. I came out of a lot of dramas around me trying to go on medication and then come off of it and just how many side effects that meant for me and then I have recently just started prioritizing managing my mental health better and over the past six months I probably got myself to one of the best places I've been at with my mental health in general and and also we're very privileged to be able to have the discussions that we do through the podcast because we've both learned so much and like it's been so helpful Mm. for both of us but yeah so I have clinically diagnosed anxiety and have that was first diagnosed when I was in year 13 and yeah it's been a journey that's for sure yeah it's great to hear the two different sides and especially with medication seeing hearing that like it can work for others Mm. it might not be the best fit because I know it can be probably a scary process too because like you know putting something into your body that has the potential to make you feel amazing or maybe like produce those side effects but I suppose just having trust in the process and understanding that like there is no one size fits all approach which is super super important so thank you so much for sharing that I appreciate it so much like it's so good to be able to hear the different experiences now obviously we're here to talk about dating and relationships I would love to first know if your mental health has impacted dating and relationships at all and if it has like in what way yeah, um, so I would say my mental health has had a huge impact on my relationships, um, both platonic and romantic. Um, I think with my struggles with my mental health, I, it kind of came with a lot of self-doubt. And um, obviously, I, I, oh, I struggled a lot with body image issues and all of these things kind of added up to not feeling good enough I guess a lot of the time which of course when it comes to relationships you tend to seek validation from other people when you're feeling that way about yourself and um, but for me I think it made me quite closed off like with my anxiety I obviously wasn't really keen on approaching situations with new Mm -hmm. people So, um, yeah, I found myself quite closed off. And then if I was ever close with someone, I found that self-doubt and things kind of, yeah, made me question my worth and then look for validation in other people. And, um, yeah, I mean, I have not 
been in like a proper relationship, I guess. Like a, um, I've never had a boyfriend and I think that is in big part due to the struggles of my mental health. I've just, yeah, been quite closed off to romantic relationships. Um, but yeah, that's kind of me in, in terms of that aspect. What about you, Jess? But also you had some really bad early experiences with romantic relationships that would like meant that you, because of your mental health struggles, you developed a lot of really strong coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. like defense mechanisms that have impacted how you will, you know, proceed forward into any romantic relationships <laughs> in the future. So you yeah. definitely can't entirely blame your men. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's kind of like, oh, if they hadn't been complete dickhead you would not be in the position that you're in yeah for sure like it's kind of like a my bad experiences in certain relationships had a bad impact on my mental health and then my mental health has then had a bad impact on other relationships later on yeah I don't know it can be a wee bit of a cycle in that way you're right yeah definitely and then again we're so different in this sense as well I um so Sav does not really like dating. You don't like go on many dates. Meaning hardly any. Yeah. Whereas I love dating. I think it's so much fun. I actually have like a separate like as I call it my underground podcast because it's mm-hmm. like so just like I just have it to chat. Do do you mind swearing on this podcast? No, not at all. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay, because, yeah, I just have it to, like, chat shit and just, like, have fun and, like, I talk about all my dating and, like, sex experiences and stuff. But, um, but I, yeah, I go on dates, like, all the time. I love, I love dating. Yeah, I think it's so it. much fun. So, for, for me, like, again, I am similar to Sav in a sense of, like, my first early relationship experiences really, like, you know, my anxiety after those just meant that getting into any, oh, and actually my parents' divorce as well. So like a lot yeah. of my early views and experiences around relationships uh, made me feel very anxious about dating. That kind of meant that often I would get into relationships and then the moment I felt myself starting to lose control, having control in situations is the main way that my anxiety presents itself and my behavior. Like I like to have control of everything and know exactly what's happening. And I hate feeling out of control. So normally in a relationship, if I felt like I was losing that control or becoming more attached to someone than I would like, I would self-sabotage and just like push them away as quickly as possible, like get mad at them for little things or just like set expectations that weren't obtainable, nor did I actually care about those things. But I just thought that, you know, the easiest way to protect myself was to, you know, get rid of them before they have a chance to hurt me, which obviously isn't very healthy. And it's only been after working a lot on myself over the past two years that I can now know that going into a relationship that will be different. But that's after like five years of that being my approach to relationships, which was obviously great to say the least. Yeah, no, it's, I feel like relationships are so hard to start off with. Like, they're so fucking hard. And then to throw in any mental health issues, anxiety, anything like that, like, it just takes it to another level. I know I'm a self-sabotager. Like, as soon as it gets... I get that point of my, oh, this this actually might be something. Try and sabotage the whole thing. Like, I'm a shocker for it. But it's like, you kind of take comfort in it because then it goes away. But then you have the impact of when that does go away you feel like absolute shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. like it's so yes. yeah so do you, you like it. dating are you someone who like enjoys dating I do and I don't I hate the like 
I like love the chase. I love the chase. I love getting it. And then I have it and I'm going on this date and then I shit myself and like just before it, I'm like, what have I done? No, I don't even like them. I think of all the things that like give me the ick. I'm like, uh uh-uh. I'm like, (laughs) I can't do this. And then I, you know, do it. It generally like, I haven't really had any bad dates. Like they've all you know, either gone well or, like, well enough to just, like, get through it. But then I can't do goodbyes. They fucking, t- like, oh, I, like, it's like I freeze and every normal response just disappears and I don't know what to do. And, like, it's so embarrassing every single time. I so relatable. I know. I've literally fucked up every goodbye. Like, I've laughed in people's faces when they've tried to kiss me, but I've gone for the hug because I don't know how to read it. I've accidentally kissed people's necks trying to kiss their cheek, but I'm too fucking short. Like, oh, like I'm just, I'm the worst. I'm genuinely the worst. And every time I walk in the door, my housemate's like, oh, how'd you fuck up the goodbye this time? Like, I literally <laughs> suck at it. But then I also, I really struggle afterwards. I feel like there's so many rules out there, like made up rules. Like, do you message them first or do they message you? And then I get so scared about, asking for a second date even if I think it went really well and like they seem like you know they respond that it went really well I'm terrified to ask for anything more and I always get so scared that like they I don't know why I have such a fear but a fear around like them thinking that I want something serious even if I do but I don't want them to think that for some reason that's like another big issue (laughs) of mine but I don't know like I've do you enjoy what is, it, but I don't necessarily. What, yeah. what is your situation with your mental health? Just quickly. Like, yeah. So I'm currently, I've booked in for my first psychology appointment because I, um, yeah, it was terrifying. I'm the type of person who I definitely have anxiety, even though I haven't been diagnosed with it. Like I'll have panic attacks come on. I will beat myself up about literally everything especially if I don't have like control of a situation I just literally just stress about everything and sometimes like it's just a feeling like I like I don't have anything to be worried about but that that feeling in your body that you get I get that like Mm. all the time and I hate it and then because I hate it I feel like I get it more um so yeah I'm the type of person too I don't like to talk about my feelings and I like to like put up very much a wall and like like as a kid this is like how messed up it used to be I literally used to brag to my friends in school that I'd never like cried over a pet dying like I was so proud of it like that's the type of I don't want to deal with my emotions I'm this tough bitch that feels nothing <laughs> like that is and like so then I grew up with all of that and I never talked about anything and I always I use sarcasm a lot to the point that like it was almost like insensitive but that was because I didn't want to be I almost like resented the sensitivity in other people because I couldn't do that myself so yeah I kind of get got to this point I was really struggling this year especially the start of the year I know me and alcohol do not mix well and I had O week for like the third time I was so old but like (laughs) I was doing it for like the third time at uni and I was like I genuinely was just like I like was gotten such a dark place and then it's taken me like four or five months to even be able to book like my first appointment but I finally done it so hopefully that yeah hopefully that's a good experience it was fucking terrifying though like genuinely terrifying so I'm not like 
Yeah, I don't know. That's just my experience so far. Like, I definitely haven't been the best example of looking after mental health, <laughs> but, like, I've realised now, like, I've got to a point where I can't keep doing this because it does not help me in any way. All my relationships around me, like, it doesn't, just doesn't, yeah. yeah. I um, I was really hesitant to go to any sort of therapy or anything mm-hmm. for, for years. Is even when I kind of got to the point where I struggle with anxiety and depression, I still was like, I can't, like, I can't go talk to someone about it. It was like the worst thing in the world. I was like, I even started the podcast still in that mentality. Yeah. And she I was, was just, like, everybody else go to therapy. Like, I'm not going to do it. But yeah. I know that it's a good thing to do. So you should. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I was just like, big advocate for therapy, never been, probably won't ever go. Like, I was just like, oh, it's not for me. It's not for me. Um, but I did go. I went and did six sessions through um, this place in Wellington and it was great. It definitely, I'm not someone that, and who knows, it might have been the therapist that I just didn't like click as well with as I could or whatever. I definitely didn't find for me, it was super helpful. Like you come out of your I therapy sessions. Therapy. Yeah, you, she absolutely loves them. But also bearing in mind, like I've gone to therapy as like a general sense, you know, thinking of each therapy being like six sessions long. I've done that like four times in my life now. And yeah. I'm only now, like, you know, last time that I went it was really really good and helpful this time now that I'm back it's like first session I went and told you everything I was literally like here are all my cards on the table let's do this like there are tears I'm getting like vulnerable first session back and I'm not me yeah I could never have been like that though if I hadn't had my first two rounds of therapy where I was still becoming comfortable with that idea of like talking to someone else and understanding how much of a safe environment it is etc like it yeah. takes time for sure but anyway um my point is I was absolutely against like against ever going and I managed to get through six sessions and it was not as bad as I thought so good luck to you yeah it's just it wasn't till a friend um I was like after a night out she like we're in the car and I just let everything out it was so weird like I'd only had two drinks like I wasn't drunk or anything but it was just I let everything out I think it was also because she was someone that I wasn't super close with at the time but had known kind of throughout my whole life so it was comfortable enough but not like too comfortable if that makes sense and yeah it wasn't until she said it and I was like I really just need to do this like for me but even then it was so hard because like I'll tell my friends like um, yeah I'm gonna go see a psychologist and they kind of look at me like you <laughs> like <laughs> because I like put up such a wall <laughs> but yeah I'm That's looking so cool forward to it yeah, and even if it's not for you, you know, like that's the big thing that we try and preach as well around therapy is like you're not going to click with every therapist. Like you can't guarantee that you'll love every therapist that you get or that every style of therapy is going to be right for you. But for you, like the thing I love about having a podcast is that you can always just, if you need an extra little boost, be like, it's for the content, you know, like you're going to go to the therapist, even if it goes like terribly, which it won't. Like that's the thing, even when therapy does go quote unquote badly it's normally just a matter of like it just wasn't your style or like you know you just didn't really click with the person but you will learn so much just from going that you can then pass on to your listeners so valuable yeah exactly no it definitely definitely is I'm looking forward to it I know when I like walk in I'm going to be shitting myself but it'll be worth it in in the long run now, <laughs> Jess, you said you like to go on dates and do all of that. Do you have, do you experience anxiety with that? And if you do, like, do you have any tips for like overcoming that anxiety? 
Do I experience anxiety when it comes to going on my dates? Uh, yes. Do I? <laughs> I think you do. I, I think, know. okay, to be fair, I go on less dates, but the dates that I've been on, I've been way more, like, chill But sometimes you. I'm being dramatic for the sake of fun. Like, I find it quite <laughs> fun getting all, like, hyped up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, that. <laughs> so I go on, like, like as I mentioned, like, quite a few dates now that I'm doing the Dating Diaries as well, which is, like, part of my other podcast, like, a monthly segment. And so I need to get the content. And so now <laughs> I've started going on, like, from like dating apps and like all that kind of I don't know with every day it gets easier yeah but yeah I so I also recently like just this past year came out as bisexual and so like mm-hmm. I started dating women as well and I found that I get a way I get way more nervous now going on dates with yeah. girls than I do with yeah, guys yeah I'm the same um, but then also I don't know there's like I'm so bold when I've been drinking as well. So, like, I often, like, give guys my number when I've been drinking, like, tell them to text me. And then, like, if I have to follow up, like, one of the – like, I had a situation where I gave a bartender my number and I was so bold. And then when I actually – when he texted me, which is apparently what people do when you give them your number, (laughs) and I had to go on a date with him, I was so nervous. Like, I was so nervous. And then, like, starting to date girls, I – okay, you're right. I do get anxious. Starting to date (laughs) girls. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what if they – what if they kiss me? Like, what if I – try to kiss them and they don't want to kiss me and then I get really stressed out but then in the actual moment I'm very good at talking so like I can get into a date situation and get on with pretty much anyone even if there's someone who I know from the start I'm like oh no sparks here I can still sit with them for a dinner or a drink and be just fine and like you know gauge like because we've been interviewing yeah. for so long now like it's it, I don't make them feel like they're being interviewed but it's more I can actively listen to them and respond and lead yeah. the conversation if I have to and it always does get a bit awkward ending dates I do completely mm-hmm. agree like especially if you're in a situation where if I want to kiss someone and I know that they want to kiss me then I will often like just go for it I'm I can like read the room but if I don't want to kiss someone it's it's always just a bit like I have no issue rejecting someone but it's not fun you know yeah. like it's definitely a bit uncomfortable I think for mm-hmm. me in terms of dates I it's a, something that I'm so not comfortable with that I if I'm going on a date I can't think about it I just yeah. have to like just be like yeah I know I've got that on later but whatever just go about my day I cannot think about it because I think if I did I would get way too anxious which yeah. is probably the reason that I'm weirdly because I actually just can't every other aspect of my life I run through scenarios in my head I have to be prepared for every outcome and all of those things and that's just like my day-to-day that's just like how my brain works like I just have to be prepared for any scenario but with dating I think it's way too overwhelming that I'm like I can't do that that would just I would freak myself out I would end up in this massive spiral wouldn't be able to go we way too anxious so I just don't think about it and then I just go and it's fine yeah yeah and for me the thing is like even though I get quite anxious my way of dealing with those things often like I'm very lucky that I have a group of really like great close friends that I would turn to before dates and I just I'd be over dramatic so for me if I'm feeling quite nervous I then go to whichever friend is near like Sab or we've got this other friend who works at a bar and I'll go talk to him beforehand and I'll just fully unload like I'll be so dramatic I'll be like oh my god but like what if I don't recognize him and then what if we get set at a really weird table then what if they kiss me and blah 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 and then they'll respond being like okay so what if like what if you don't recognize 
him. Okay, you go onto their Instagram, have a little another stalk, and then like you'll spot them. Like that, but that's not going to happen. And then you know whatever table you get sat at, you always just deal with it. Like that's not even a big deal. And then if they kiss you, like so what if they kiss you? You know what I mean? Like you will deal with that just fine. Like you're actually all right. And I'm like. Okay, you know, even if all of these wor- quote unquote worst case scenarios happen, everything is going to be just fine. Yeah, and I'm like it's good content. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I definitely, I'm like almost both. I will overthink absolutely everything. Think of every scenario be like so so dramatic, which I feel like almost helps. Like getting ready, you'll hear me literally like just screaming. I'll be running around the house, literally just like <laughs> letting yeah. little squeals out. <laughs> yeah. Um, although one of my favorite like getting ready for a date I find when I'm hungover I don't know what it is even though I get more anxiety when I'm hungover I almost get more confident which I don't know it's weird I think it's because I just don't give a shit and I like I feel like I feel like shit myself so I'm just (laughs) like fuck it and like I have something good like to talk about because I'd done something stupid generally the night before so like I can you know have that conversation to talk about but um sometimes like the spontaneous dates like once I only had 30 minutes to get ready so much better because I didn't have time to think so I was literally just like running around the house like trying to like get ready was also super hungover but like it was so much better because I didn't have to like overthink everything so I feel like I much prefer like spontaneous dates and the ones that I have planned for the whole week and I have to dread it for the whole week and just want to cancel yes I know I, I do agree with that to be honest if someone was just like great I'll pick you up in half an hour I'd be like ah good (laughs) literally literally and then before you know like the half an hour's up and they're at the door it's like I just it's like just being pushed off the edge like you can't you don't have to think about it Yeah. yeah when you guys are dating how do you find people respond to your mental health if they you know experience that I don't think I can really answer this because I don't think anyone I've dated, I've talked to at all about mm-hmm. my mental health. I think, and I haven't really dated a lot in the past year or so. So having the podcast, like I haven't really, the couple of dates that I've been on, um, they've been, I guess they're supportive of the podcast. They think the podcast is really cool, but I've never gotten to the point where I talk to them about my mental health specifically. So I think, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how I would even deal with that situation. I feel like I wouldn't be comfortable talking to someone I'm romantic with about my mental health for a very long time. Yeah. What about you? I honestly, I kind of agree. Like I've been in situations. So as I said, I love dating, whereas I don't, I don't necessarily want to get into a relationship at the moment. I just think that I think that if the right person came along I'd be over stage I'm in no rush I'm very much someone who thinks that you know I'm I'm, I love the idea of building a life that you love so much by yourself and then bringing someone else into it is because they add value to it not because it's not complete already um and right now I I feel like I'm in that process of building my life and so I just kind of like as I said if someone was amazing and like motivated me and inspired me sure I'd give them a shot but for now just casually dating is kind of where I'm at and so there's no point really in bringing it up but to be fair I kind of use humor like I talk about my anxiety like for me it's just so not a big deal I guess and it's such a huge part of who I am in terms of 
you know, if, if someone is uncomfortable talking about it, then I would never be in a relationship with them anyway. So even on a first day, I might be like, oh my God, because like just anxiety things and then like talk through a scenario or something. And it actually often gives people permission to open up themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's especially like a really special situation. if you're on a date with a guy because you don't get provided that environment and so I found that a lot of them are actually really open to to having these conversations and it can be quite light-hearted like mental health because of the stigma and shame that exists around it people get quite stressed out talking about it when really as we normalize these conversations everyone has ups and downs with their mental health and so when you can just lighten it up a little bit it like gives other people permission to kind of acknowledge that actually you're allowed to have these struggles and it doesn't have to be the big heavy stuff all the time because little ups and downs are so normal um but in an actual relationships it has been quite hard so I had one in my last relationship my boyfriend he knew that I had anxiety and like I tried to communicate with him about it. It'll be very different now, mainly because I know myself so much better and I know how to communicate so much better and I know so much more about the way that I live with anxiety, but did my best at the time. And he like tried to learn more about it and like tried to, to be supportive. It just wasn't it. And again, it just, you know, you can't, you can't change someone else. And like, I really appreciated that he wanted to learn, but it was more just, he had no real understanding of anxiety or how that feels or how it looks or no one close to him had ever struggled with it. And so it was just not right. I don't think. And yeah, so like that, that's not even on him. It's just more not the right match of people, but yeah, communication is like the biggest thing that we always talk about. So I don't know talking about that stuff isn't easy but I'm a big fan of like normalizing those conversations yeah and in terms of relationships I think it's important that when you're talking to someone you're romantic with you're sharing with them so that they can like understand you more Mm -hmm. and support you but there's a difference between that and unloading on them and not like expecting them to fix you or anything like that like that's never healthy and it's never going to work out well yeah Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think you can't go into it with the expectation that they're going to fix you and help all your problems, all that. They're going, like, especially, like, what with you said, um, Jess, about, like, wanting to have your life be enough and having someone come in. If you're going to the relationship because you're struggling and you want it to fill this hole, it's just, it's generally not going to work and like that's still it might fix it for like that honeymoon phase but then once everything settles you're still going to be there with yourself and you have to be able to be you know happy with yourself to you know have this happy relationship and because you're the only one who's going to be there like even if the relationship goes like you're literally like the only one who's going to be there and I can imagine how hard it would be going into that and then struggling and then coming out and being left by yourself and you just I feel like it would just be I couldn't imagine like I haven't done that myself so I couldn't imagine but I know it would feel like absolute shit and then you've had these all that time that you could have spent working on yourself you know left in a um I'm trying to think like the how to say it but like kind of like I don't know I'm going off on a tangent I've lost my train of thought but um yeah I yeah I I understand that completely I know myself I haven't really opened up if I do I use humor 
but in a way that they can either be like, is she being serious or not? I don't know. (laughs) 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 Just so it's like that mystery, like they don't actually know if I do struggle. That's like when my my best friend was like, I kind of like opened up to her about everything and she's like, oh my God, you were actually being serious at the start of this year. She's like, I thought that was you just joking and like just drunk you, especially when I'm drunk because that's when like the wall comes down. She's like, I thought you were just, because like, she's like, you talk so much shit when you're drunk. So I thought you were just talking shit. (laughs) So yeah, (laughs) I know that's definitely something I need to work on. But I think that's also just the way I was brought up. Like we use humour for everything. Like we cannot deal with anything unless there's like humour. And it, sometimes pe- I can imagine people watching from the outside, they'd be like, that's so fucked up. How can you laugh and joke about that? But, like, I don't know. I suppose it just takes the edge off it. 100%. Yeah. Do you have any, like, tips, like, for if you were, like, in a relationship for how you would want to be supported? Because I think that's something people – it's hard if you have never – dealt with mental health issues yourself or you haven't been in a relationship with someone who has any mental illnesses or anything like how to support them I think um if you're the one that's struggling with your mental health the best thing is for you to understand what you need and what helps you and that's something I struggled with a lot so when it came to even my friendships I found it quite hard because they didn't know how to support me and I didn't know how to tell they, them. May she is referring <laughs> to me in our very close friendship and yeah. she got bad and I was like, well, what do you need? Like, what helps you in these times? How do I be supportive? And it was, she was just like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so I think, and I still, like, I still don't really know. I'm mm-hmm. better um, for sure, but I think as a, in a general sense, I still struggle with knowing what, I need and how I need to be supported Um, and again if you're the person that's struggling please 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 do not expect your partner or your friends uh, it goes for either relationship to fix you Um, but yeah the biggest thing is knowing yourself what you need and being able to communicate it what do you think yeah yeah um I I completely agree so if you're the person trying to support someone who's struggling as well well actually just in the relationship in general it's all about understanding each other's love languages I think that's Mm -hmm. so important Uh, and then also setting boundaries so Mm -hmm. setting boundaries is really important because as Sav kind of said like it's not someone else's responsibility to to fix you and it's also not their responsibility to support you all the time to the fullest extent because they need to respect their own mental health and their own needs that needs to be their priority because you know everyone knows the saying you can't pour from an empty cup and it's just like if they're having their own struggles you can't then expect them to not be triggered by by yours and so it's really cool once you've established those boundaries of actually just saying you know, are you in a place to hear all this right now? And and sometimes they won't be. And that's when you need to have your support system. It shouldn't be just a support person. It should be a system that you have around you. So your close friends, your family, if you're privileged enough to have close relationships with them, um, you know, you've got to have a few people in those zones that you can talk to because your partner can't always be the only person that you discuss these things with. Um, but then, yeah, so as the partner, it's important to know, first of all, your partner's love, language, love languages because because that's the easiest way to make them feel valid and make them feel supported, supported even when you can't actually be there 
for them to to hear about what they're going through and to have those discussions so like even in friendships and really close friendships it's, it's all very applicable to that as well and like even with Sav and I like because we both struggle with our mental health it has been such a learning curve le like learning where to put those boundaries and how to respect them and and now what we've found is you know if one of us is struggling like with Sav I can easily recognize the signs of when she's struggling with something or starting to struggle and I check in with myself and I'm like okay if I'm in a place where I'm strong enough and how healthy enough to to support her properly and I actually discuss what's going on we'll normally go for a drive and like talk about stuff and I'll just be like okay so like well what's on your mind like let's talk about it or if I'm not I know that you know for her when we spend like time together it's really important so I'll be like great let's get some snacks and like let, let's have a movie night kind of thing and it's those little ways that just show you know, I'm here I see you I support you like I still like love you like especially for someone with anxiety that whole feeling of like everyone doesn't like me I'm such a burden can be really really hard and so it's just those little things to just kind of be like you know I see you and I support you can mean the world so yeah yeah definitely good advice <laughs> that was great advice I love the idea of checking in and seeing if the person is okay with you unloading before you do it I've never had someone do that with me and I think that's such an important step because you never know like what you just don't know what the other person's thinking and feeling especially like someone like me like I don't express many things so you like I could be having my worst day but you wouldn't know so having asking that question I think is so so important and I don't know why people don't talk about that more like I've literally never had yeah. anyone do that or even seen anyone do that around me yeah well especially when um like when alcohol is involved as well people yes. are so like oh my gosh when we like now that we have a mental health podcast people suddenly think that that gives them permission to like like we get dms or like people when they're drunk and they just like go in they just fully tell us yep. all of their trauma like you know fully go into it and we're just like oh my good like what, what like we uh you know like there was yes, just we're like yes. we, we don't even know how to respond half the time because it's such heavy stuff and it's just kind of like it's not even like we love it when people message us and they say can I ask you a question around my anxiety or something and then they'll be like what you know you know I'm struggling with my relationship at the moment how what would you be what would be your advice around maintaining perspective or something we're like great I can help you with that but if someone's just like I've been in a five-year relationship and he actually abused me for three years of it and then now we've just got back together but it's really toxic and he yells at me like we've literally had messages like that and just being like yeah it's so you know like we want we're like here are some episodes that you can go and listen to where we talk about these topics but for us to actually dive into your trauma is like very it can be very triggering and so yeah. and respecting those boundaries is one of the most important things you can do in maintaining good relationships with yourself and those around you yeah definitely Definitely. I think I've experienced that so much now that I have like this sex podcast. I will go out. I remember the first time I went out um, to like nightclubs, I could did not hit the dance floor for the first two hours because every single person was that I knew was literally coming up to me and just unloading all of their sexual problems. I even had girls I did not know in the bathroom like one girl would like know me and she'd be like oh my god she has a sex podcast and like I literally had one come up to me and she was like oh my god I have this problem this this and this and I'm like and it was all like physical problems and I was like 
I'm not a doctor. <laughs> like, go go to a doctor. And it was so much because then I had two hours. And because it was the first time it happened, I didn't know how to respond to it and, like, set up those boundaries because I just wasn't expecting it. And I literally had was so drained. By the time I got to go out and have fun with my friends, I was just like, I, like, it was just too much. Like, I had just gone through so much and so many people unloading. Like, they, as soon as they hear it, they're just like, yeah. I have someone who can understand me and, like, I get where they're coming from, but, like, they, they need to, like, be that boundary and I suppose, like, people just aren't aware of that, especially when they're drinking alcohol because, like, yeah. all common sense goes out the door and, like, people yeah. love to overshare when they're drinking anyway. Like, the bathroom, the girls in the bathroom, that's a whole nother like, world. Like, you literally find out everyone's deepest and darkest secrets in there. But... Yeah. Yeah, it's just I think that's such an yeah important thing to do, and I know like I myself even just like setting up those boundaries and letting people know it can be daunting, but I think it's definitely something that's important to do. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any tips for asking for people who you know want to ask for help but don't know how? Because I know it's like super daunting. I know myself that's something I really struggled with. Um, I think it depends if you're wanting to, if you're trying to talk to your friends, say, about this when you haven't really before. Um, I think, yeah, what we've just talked about is a big thing to say, like, I'm struggling a little bit at the moment with my mental health or something in particular. Um, Are you in a good place right now? Am I able to, like, talk to you about this and kind of gauge their reaction and... um, I don't know. I think it's about setting time, like time and place is really important. So again, like when you're drinking, it can be seem like a great idea to, cause you kind of have that courage, mm. I guess, to finally share all these things you've been feeling, but that's not necessarily the best no. time or place. Um, generally, if you're drinking, you're out, you might be around other people and then also the next morning often the other person is like are they actually comfortable talking to me about that like were they just drunk Drunk, yeah do they how much do they even remember of what they told me and all those things so I think if you're seriously wanting to open up it's got to be kind of where you have time and space so the time you're not like in a rush you're not going to go anywhere after because it can be a big deal and like who knows how the conversation will go and then place obviously somewhere where you feel comfortable where they feel comfortable the person you're opening up to and um you privacy and all of those things I think those are important to consider yeah yeah I completely agree and then also in terms of going to therapy and stuff like if you want professional help uh you know going to a doctor first or often if you're going to therapy like you'll go to a nurse first uh it, it can be so scary so if you've got a close friend or family member don't be afraid to take a support person with you um even if you don't actually want them in the appointment just having them there can be a real help but I mean, I hate, I do hate to, but also like that is in big part why we started Learn My Lesson is also so that like so many people listen to multiple episodes and then will be like, okay, now I'm in a place where I feel comfortable going to therapy or feel comfortable talking to other people. Um, and it's basically so that you can hear these conversations being had and kind of normalize and, and, you know, remove some of the stigma around your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Mm. And then that way it actually, it will help. Like I almost can guarantee that it will help you get to a place where you're more comfortable with going to therapy. So if it's something that you're really considering, but you're really worried about it, then yeah, go listen to our podcast. Like, 
as I said, hate to plug, but yeah, no, I 100% agree. And especially if you don't, maybe like if you're someone who doesn't have great support systems or you're not actively seeing people look after the mental health around you, being able to go and listen to something like your podcast can be that that step that you need and that little extra push to then go and like, you know, take care of yourself, which I think is awesome (laughs) to have as a resource because I can imagine there are a lot of people out there who don't have the best support systems to, you know, make them feel like they should go and, you know, help their mental health. Yeah. To kind of validate their feelings. I think that's something a lot of people who don't talk to other people about their mental health struggle with is they don't feel like the way they're feeling is valid or like they feel like they shouldn't feel that way. So they don't really feel like they need to go to therapy because they just don't think they should feel that way to begin with. So yeah, Yeah. I think that's why those conversations are so important. Yeah, I agree. I'm a sucker for feeling guilty for how I'm feeling. (laughs) And like, I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, like I should not feel this way. So therefore, like, I'll try and just make it not happen just and not. I end up feeling worse. <laughs> yeah, where can my the Shaggers find you if they want to listen to your podcast or find any of your content? Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry, our podcast is available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, we have a website if you want to go find out more about us. So uh, learntmaylesson.co.nz. Um, we have an Instagram, which is at learntmaylesson underscore. Uh, where else? Also, if you're looking for the podcast on Spotify or Apple, it's, yeah, Learnt My Lesson with Jess and Sav. We had like 60 episodes now or something. So we cover such a broad range of topics and we've had some really awesome guests and, yeah, I love listening to our old content because it's really helpful. And then if you want to go listen to um, my, like, tragic dating life, uh, <laughs> go check out Well That Was podcast. That's kind of like the underground one I mentioned. So, yeah, Well That Was on Apple and Spotify and then at Well That Was Podcast on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. This has been an absolute pleasure. As always, Shaggers, please reach out if you have any comments, questions, or stories you would like to share with the podcast, either through my Instagram, That's Orgasmic, or my email, emilyduncan at thesealedsection.com. Please subscribe on whatever platform you like to listen to these podcasts and leave a review as I would love to know what you are thinking. So I will see you, Shaggers, next week. (laughs) 